E-S-N-Y. with your host for the evening, Jeff Campbell. We are back at it again, talking NBA prospects right on the heels of the draft. Uh, Tonight, we are talking two prospects from a very special program from the national title winning Baylor Bears. And uh, we're talking about two guards tonight, Davion Mitchell and Jared Butler to help me break down uh, all of their games and their fit at the next level. I'm very honored to be joined by Baylor assistant head coach, um, Jerome Tang. Coach Tang, what's going on? Uh, thank you for coming on the podcast. Uh, it's my, my pleasure to be on here. Uh, appreciate you asking me. And um, I, it's always fun to talk about both Davion and Jared. Absolutely. And uh, the first place I want to start, it's got to be with the, the national title. Um, to beat a really great offensive team like Gonzaga, I, I kind of want you to take me behind the curtain a little bit. Did you know uh, going into that game that you were going to get that type of performance from your squad? Uh, did you see in the practices leading up to the game something special that maybe said, you know what, I, I think we have a real shot at this. Um, congrats for, first and foremost, but anything maybe you can tell me um, kind of leading up to that game? Well, thank you very much. And it never gets... Um, old hair and national champion and being congratulated. Uh, it's, it's really, really cool. And, you know, we felt that um, we had a special team. And the one thing about our guys is that when their best was required, their best was always delivered. Um, and, you know, they, there was no moment that was ever too big for them. And um, we watched Gonzaga. They were a very talented team, a you know, very cohesive team. They're a tremendous offensive team. And but man, we play in the Big 12 and night in and night out, we play against the best players in America in incredible environments. And they're in our league, you can play well and still lose. And so you have to bring your A game just to give you a chance to have a chance to win. And that's what our dudes face night in and night out. So as we started our run in the tournament and just every game, we just got better and better. Um, And watching the other teams, I just felt like that we were quicker at every position than Gonzaga was. You know, when, I mean, Manfred Davion was quicker than than Suggs and Jared was quicker than, you know, and, and at every position we were quicker. And John Wooten always says, you know, take quickness first before height and but just get them as tall as you can as quick as you can and and so I just like felt that it was a great matchup for us and I I knew we were going to score um and I felt like uh we could guard them because they had not seen guys defend the way we defend and with the scheme that we use and one of the players that you mentioned in that is is obviously going to be somebody that we focus on pretty heavy tonight in the discussion, and that's Davion Mitchell. Uh, before I get into some of the questions with him, the accolades are, are amazing. Two-time All-Big 12, 
two-time All-Big 12 defense, Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year, uh, really a fantastic on-ball defender, someone who has a really lightning, quick first step. I've seen some comparisons to players like Donovan Mitchell. He's got that great step back three that is, is so popular in the NBA today. He took a really big step between, um, let me look at, let me just, between his sophomore and junior year, uh, especially from averaging just under 10 points per game to just over 14 points per game. When did you notice that Davion had really improved? And what did you think was the main reason for that improvement? Well, I felt like his sophomore year that, that he was a really good offensive player. He just wasn't a very confident offensive player. So at practice, he would do some pretty special things. There would be days when like he was unguardable, um, but he didn't really trust his work. And what happened is during the off season, he really began to trust his work and not just the result. And knowing that all the work he had put in, he didn't allow a missed shot to stop him from taking the next shot. And I mean, cause this, I, I, you will, I, I don't know that anyone worked harder that I've ever been around than this young man. Okay. Uh, and just, and, and it wasn't just work, but it was very precise work. Uh, he worked on his hand placement on the ball. He worked on being consistent with his footwork, whether it was uh, off the dribble or off the catch, whether it's, you know, coming from, you know, the, the bottom X to the top X, or whether it was going from the top X to the bottom and sliding, you know, I mean, every little thing, he, he was precise in his work and there was a purpose to his work. And, he was in the gym early in the morning. He was back in the gym late at night. And I'll just give you the story about him. We win the national championship and we get back. And uh, it was like the day we got back or, the, or two days. No, it was two days after we got back. Uh, he calls LJ Cryer, one of our, uh, he was a freshman on the team at the time. He said at three o'clock in the morning. And he says, hey, I'm coming to get you. We're going to the gym. And LJ Cryer says, man, I got a paper due tomorrow morning uh, <laughs> or a test to take or something. And, and Davion says, you want to be valedictorian or you want to be a pro? <laughs> and, he said, and LJ says, all right. And he goes and picks LJ up and they go to the gym. You know, it's just a kind of, wow. and he's not, he's not just a, a worker for himself, but like he brings people with him. You know what I mean? He's, yeah. he's trying to help other people get better. He's thinking about other people. And so... You saw that work and you knew that with the confidence that Coach Drew gives to our guards to be able to play free and, and to take shots, you knew that, that that was coming. I was expecting an offensive explosion. We say all the time, like, he's unguardable because he's so fast and he can shoot. And, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm so excited to watch him play where people can't hand check him and they can't stand at the rim and be in help side. You know, that's – it's going to be fun to watch that. Yeah, that story resonates with me a lot, Coach, especially because I'm a Knicks fan. And, and we learned this year that Julius Randle has been the type of guy that when they touch down in a new city, they go to some random high school gym right away and he brings the whole team with him. So that kind of worker but teamwork mentality is something that kind of rings true a lot with me. So I'm very impressed to hear that about Davion for sure. 
Um, another question I wanted to ask you about him, especially as in it kind of also references another uh, guy who's going to go clearly very high in this draft. Baylor played Oklahoma State twice this year, and Cade Cunningham is obviously a very talented player. During some of those games, you know, he put up decent numbers, but there were absolutely some possessions where I saw Davion guard him, and he really gave him fits. Um, is that the type of guy that Davion is? Does he want to guard the opposing team's best player? Does he go up to the coach in the huddle and say, listen, let me take him. That's my guy. Um, yes, that's absolutely the kind of guy he is. He wants to guard the other team's best player. He takes great pride in, in guarding them. His nickname is Off Night. Okay. And so that's because every guard that plays against him has an off night. Wow. Okay. And I mean, if you go and look at the numbers, you, you'll see it. And in Oklahoma State's case, because we, we switched so much, there was times Davion wasn't on him. But I think if you go back and look at the times that Davion was on him, uh, Kate's numbers were not as great. And I think Kate is a tremendous player. I mean, he's a super talent and he's an unbelievable young man too, you know? And so that you put that together, he, he deserves all the accolades he got and everything. But if I have to win a game tomorrow, I'm taking Davion Mitchell. Like so that. um, that's just the, the thing. And uh, for us though, and so people are going to say, well, how come Davion wasn't always on the best player? Davion could make other teams run offense at half court. So we just figured out who was bringing the ball up the court and that's who Davion would take because he could stop a ball handler or make a ball handler dribble at half court and then nobody can run offense. I mean, you're, you're making a 50 foot pass, your first to, as an entry pass and it just caused teams so much problem. So he didn't always guard the other team's best player. He guarded whoever brought the ball up the floor. Mm. I want to touch on um, his shot as well. You know, he put up some pretty decent shooting numbers this past season. I know there's going to be some out there that say, well, if you look at the past years, those numbers weren't really considered uh, consistent. Maybe it might be hard to trust the three-point shooting uh, percentages if they're for real or not. Be, if, as for someone who's been around him day in and day out, what do you say to those people that maybe have a little bit of skepticism about the shot translating to the NBA? Uh, I say trust the numbers. So the numbers say that he started off his first year at uh, Auburn and shot 28%, 29%. His first year at Baylor, there was like a 10 to 12% jump, right? And then his second year at Baylor, there was another 10 to 12% jump. That was, that was consistent, right? With yeah. him working on the right things, being in the right system. And it wasn't just his three-point shooting that improved, but his two-point shooting improved also his finishing. So it, it was, it was all around that there was an improvement in his ability to put the ball in the hole. And so I would trust the numbers on that. Uh, I watch him every day at practice. I see his, that he is consistent. We, we talk about having the same old boring habits and uh, that's how you get better. And every day he's in the gym early, getting up shots, he would get in, have a pre-practice routine. He had a post-practice routine and then he came back later at night and got up shots. And so um, and then, you know, I, I just think about how many shots he had to take off the bounce. And in the NBA, he's going to have other good players that are going to get him some catch and shoot shots. So That's true. I, I, I don't I don't see there being a, 
a big drop off. Do I expect him to shoot 45 plus percent from three as a rookie? I don't expect that, but I expect him to get to where he's making 40% of his three pointers in the NBA. What would you say is the most common question that either scouts or people from the NBA are asking you and the coaching staff about Davion? And how do you feel you're addressing that question? The most common question I get is, all right, so what's wrong with him? And, and I tell them, if you find someone who tells you something that's wrong with this person, this young man, and Jared, they say the same thing about both of them, then they're lying to you. Okay, this is a young man. He's had the same girlfriend the whole time he's been at Baylor. He goes to his apartment, plays video games. He's with his girlfriend or he's at the gym. He comes in early. He studies film. He's a young man that I, the first time in my coaching career that I could go to a player and say, hey, this is how we're thinking about guarding something, right? This action. What do you think? And I knew that he would tell me what was best rather than what was easiest. Okay. And uh, so he has, he's, he studies the game of basketball. He watches film like religiously this he called now he's in his workouts getting ready for these nba teams he's calling asking us for film of our workouts with our guys right now so that he can watch it so that he can give lj crier and some of the other guys advice that's from what he's seeing and just he's just a basketball junkie man and so um yeah i this i i would take davion mitchell every day and twice on sunday Coach, uh, I, I love your response, and the main reason is I, I've been fortunate enough to have a bunch of different either video coordinators or assistant head coaches to come on the podcast to talk about players, and I always ask, you know, specifically that question, but I always ask a question about tape too. You know, how is the player in the in the video room, in the film room? You know, how engaged are they? Sometimes I will get very uh, standard answers, and that's cool. That's fine. But the answer that you just gave me shows that this kid is really about it. Um, so I'm very uh, interested to see kind of how that translates to the league. Cause you know, I, I do believe that you'll get rewarded um, in terms of how much you put into it. It appears that this kid puts everything into it, which is great. Um, I think that's probably a good place to transition over on uh, to Jared now. And I have to say going into this, I know Davion will probably get, drafted higher, but Jared Butler watching his tape. I, I, I mean, the, I haven't seen too many in this draft class guards that are more skilled um, in terms of, of, of what he can do on a basketball court. So I'm really interested uh, to get um, your take on him before we get into anything with Jared. And, and if you can't answer this, that's totally okay. I know prior to the combine, there were some health concerns um, you know, I know he, I don't think he was able to, to, uh, show off his skills there. Do you know, um, how he's doing at all? If he's going to be able to start practicing soon? Uh, I'm not allowed to comment on gotcha. anything because of HIPAA and FERPA and all that stuff. But I can tell you this, that with us, Jared Butler never missed a practice or game for any medical reason at all. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I can't wait. I'm just hoping that we can get this guy back on a court again um, because he lights it up. Uh, again, accolades very similar to Davion, um, All-American, 
two-time all big 12, two-time all big 12 defense. Uh, that, that seems to be a theme of your team. Um, you know, averaged a little over 16 a game this year, 4.8 assists, 3.3 rebounds, 41% from three. Um, I, I guess the first place I want to start with is when he came on campus, what was the biggest thing that you felt like Jared needed to work on? How do you think he addressed that? And what's the biggest thing he needs to work on now? Hmm. Um, Jared had to, when he came on campus, he had to learn that it was a team game, that he couldn't beat everybody by himself. Gotcha. And um, he is like in the, like, you know how they talk about Chris Paul in clutch moments, the right. last five minutes of game. Jared Butler is unbelievable in clutch moments. Okay. The other 35 minutes of the game, he, there's a struggle, a battle inside of him to understand when he first got on campus to understand that like there's not a knockout punch, that you don't have to hit the home run every time. And he had to learn and grow in that area as, as a player, especially since he's a point guard, lead guard, whatever you want to call him. Right. You know, and uh, so he was, he didn't always value the basketball the way he should. And it, it's not that he was careless. He was just, he tried to be too cute. And uh, so those were some areas that he had to address if he wanted to take his game to another level. Um, you've been, you, you shared his stats. Uh, the, to me, the biggest stat that he improved on over this whole thing is he went from being a one-to-one -one assist to turnover guy. And I think this year he was probably like a four-to-one assist to turnover wow. guy, you know? And so he learned how to value the ball. He always could see the court and it's just about making the simple play, you know, and, and then if we needed you at crunch time, you could go be clutch for us. And um, the, the best example for Jared Butler, we, we gave a, a lesson to guys about why the lion is the king of the jungle, right? And so the lion is the, the tiger is actually bigger, stronger, and faster than the lion. But the lion is the king of the jungle because it, it hunts in a pride. Right. And it shares what it eat, what it kills, like, you know, and that's why that pride can defeat anything that comes its way. Uh, the tiger, on the other hand, uh, will only eat what it kills. Right. And when we shared that, and Coach Brooks actually shared that, and he said, you know, the, the tiger will only eat what it kills. Jared Butler says, but I kind of like that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's a, and then I said, well, this is exactly why we're trying to teach you this lesson right, right here, because right. we need to get the tiger out of you. We only need the tiger in the last five minutes of the game. We don't right. need it the first 35 minutes of the game. We need right. you to be a lion, right. you know, and so we can be king. And so he had the, that's just his personality. Yeah. You know, this dude, his, he has what I would call an unrealistic confidence. Okay. Right? And that's not a bad thing. Yeah. That's what makes him special. Especially right. as a shooter. He, he yes. Yes, and, and he has a very short memory. Right. And so I, this dude, like, he will take a shot and you'll go, oh, my goodness. And the next time down the court, he'll take the same shot and look at you like, what? You yeah. know, and yeah. that's that's that. But that's the dude you want, right? right. That, that's the guy you want in those moments. And that's why 
even though he struggled the first four games of the NCAA tournament, you know, shooting the ball, we get to the final four and uh, Houston and, and Gonzaga, they magical. Yeah. It yeah. was just what he did was, and that was him. You know, that that's who Jared Butler is. The bigger the moment, the better he is. He's not going to be afraid to take a shot in a big moment, you know? And so um, I think uh, that's what moving forward, like he's really worked on his athleticism. Yeah. I guess some people told him that, you know, he did, they weren't sure how athletic he was. So this year he tried to get as many dunks as possible. Right. (laughs) But really his athleticism showed up more in his ability to guard the basketball. I mean, this is a dude who coach Drew says he couldn't guard his shadow when he came in. And, uh, but I mean, he's on the all big 12 defensive team and top 15 and Naismith voting for defensive player of the year, you know, so uh, it's a guy who, but it's his, his ability to see ahead defensively and which allows him to get a lot of steals and then his willingness to move his feet and play with his chest, uh, keep the ball in front of him. And, and Davion gets a lot of credit for that because Davion was such a good defender. Davion and Mark Vidal that the other guys looked and said, man, we can't, uh, you know, we can't be that much worse than them. You right. know, we, we got to step our game up and, right. and, you know, at least be on par at, or close to it. And uh, Jared really worked on it. And, I think that that's going to help him moving forward because he can guard the basketball and he can get by anytime he wants. I, I, um, I like how you describe, you know, Jared kind of learning and growing in that environment. Um, I guess that kind of leads me to this next question. What type of coaching do you think he would respond to best at the next level? There's, there's so many different types of coaches out there. So many different types of personalities. There's guys who, you know, are known for maybe putting their arm around you um, a little bit more often than not. There's guys that are known for really getting into you um, maybe more often than not. What do you think he needs to be the best version of himself in the NBA? Uh, I would think someone that he knows believes in him. Okay. You know, that's, if he knows you believe in him, then he's going to give you everything. And, And if you believe in him, you can coach him hard. Right. right. If he knows that you can coach him hard, you can get on him, you can, you know, challenge him, you know, those type of, you can do those things, but he's got to know you believe in him and that that's going to allow him to take whatever you throw at him. I like that. I like that a lot for sure. Um, it's very clear what Jared does for your team um, on the court and as a guard. What kind of teammate is he? How is he off the court? He is a terrific young man. I, when this is a guy, um, his probably his best friend was one of the walk-ons. They were roommates, Jackson Moffitt. Spends his time with him. They lead a Bible study for the team. They, he teaches Sunday school on, uh, at his church to second and third graders. Um, he's on the, the NCAA uh, council um, advisory board. So he's the only student athlete that was on there to help pass rules that would benefit you know the the student athletes he's was voted big 12 you know athlete of the year sports person of the year i mean he's he's everything you would want uh a young man in your program to be and and probably a little bit more just uh and he's super super competitive you know like this the baby face smile that he gives you um, it, it don't, don't let it fool you, man. He's got, yeah. he's got like a killer on the inside of him. And he just, I, I'll tell you two stories about him. Uh, 
one of our very first practices, him and uh, his, he's on a team with Matthew Meyer, who's another talented kid that we have and um, their team lose. So they have to get on the line to run and Jared is mad. I mean, upset. And Matt says, what you so upset about? It's just a game. And he looked at Matt and said, look, man, I don't know about you, but I win. I want a football state championship. I want a basketball state championship. What I do is win. I don't like just losing stuff. So I don't know what you, I knew right then we had a player, right? This is as a freshman, he's making that kind of statement. And that's just, you know, it's just, just who he is. And uh, so we're, we're um, stretching for one of our practices be, I think it was before we played Villanova. And Jared asked me, he said, uh, hey coach, uh, how far did Tweedy and them go? So Tweedy Carter was one of our former players who's from Louisiana, played for Coach Bird, Jared's high school coach, okay. same high school coach coached him, um, pretty much the same school. Coach Bird switched schools, but it, it was the same program pretty much, right? And, uh, and Tweedy's like all-time favorite at Baylor. Okay, first McDonald's All-American, comes back every summer, works out with the guys, all that. He says, how far did Tweedy's team go? I said, uh, we lost in the Elite Eight. He said, yeah, well, then we got to get to the Final Four. Right? <laughs> I got I to be Tweedy. <laughs> you know, you just, this is how he thinks, you know. So, yeah, he's just, he's an unbelievable human being, man. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm very interested to see, you know, where he goes and, and how he does. Um, I, I got to ask you now, knowing, you know, Jared's competitiveness, and we were speaking a little bit about Davion before, you ever seen them go at each other one-on-one? And, and if so, who, who usually comes out on top? All right. So Jared's freshman year okay. was, da- was Davion's red shirt year, the year he had to sit out. Okay. Okay. After a month of practice, I did not think we would win a game that year because we had Makai Mason and Jared Butler and neither one of those guys could get the ball across half court on Davion. I mean, I had never seen point guards get ripped or not be able to enter offense at the division one level as much as that was happening. Wow. Right. And then we go out and we start playing games and Makai is dropping 20 and Jared gets 30 at Kansas. Makai has 40 against TCU. But every day at practice, Davion Mitchell and um, Macy Oteague are giving these dudes the business. Yeah. And so that's when I was like, man, we're going to be pretty darn good. <laughs> right. And Jared will tell you he became a better basketball player because he had to go against Davion yeah. and figure out how to beat him off the bounce, how to change speeds, how to be quicker with his with his moves. And so and Davion will tell you that Jared is arguably the hardest dude for him to guard because right. They played each other so much that like Jared knows his what he's thinking and they know what each other are thinking. And so it's 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 a pretty good battle. But um, and when they lose at practice, the the winners are always talking noise to the losers. I, and they're, they're on the side. Hey, get on that line, run, you know, loser. <laughs> they're, they're pretty. Uh, but I, and they compete so hard. Yeah. Yet they get off the court and they just love each other so much. Yeah. It is just so much fun to be around, man. I, I, I can't. I like I said, this this has been, it's a dream. I hope we have guys like this in the future. I I don't know that we'd ever have another group like this. Well, that that kind of leads me to my next question. You know, your team was so much fun to watch this past season, and um, obviously, I know you probably can't talk about 
any specific um, recruits coming in or anything like that. But just what do you think is the outlook for 2021-2022 Baylor basketball team? What do you you guys think about this year coming up? Well, we're super excited about this year. And um, we have a very talented team. We have really good guards again. We have elite wings. Um, We have four guys who are 6'8 or 6'9 that can all dribble, pass, and shoot. And they play at or above the rim. Uh, you can miss on lobs and they're going to catch it and make it look good. And then our, our two forwards who play in the middle, Flo Thamba and Jonathan Chama Chachua are both back and they're grown men. So I really like our group. I like how competitive they are. I like how hard they work. And um, just another group of guys that, man, every time I, I look out my office window, there's somebody in the gym getting up shots and, wow. um, you know, they're in early and they stay late. And so love the culture that we have and we have a culture of joy. And for us, that means Jesus first, other second, yourself last. And uh, we just try to play with a smile on our face and, and, and a real anger in our heart. And so <laughs> and I, I felt like our guys did that last year and, you know, they passed it on and this group of guys are going to try and do the same. Obviously, you know, last year's team, we beat really good teams yeah. by 20 points. Yeah. Right? And I mean, like, and, and when you go back and watch the film, you're like, man, we could have won that game by 30, you know, if we had not relaxed a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, so I don't know we're doing that this year, but uh, we have another chance to, to, to win a championship. Coach, last question before I let you go. If you have to think about this national title winning team uh, and you have to pick one characteristic, whether it was the talent, the team chemistry, the coaching, which of those three factors do you feel like led you guys to the promised land? The chemistry. Yes, easily the chemistry. Those dudes, they, they loved each other. They had a, a mission together. They, they learned how to accept each other's um, differences or shortcomings and you know, overlook that and, and just really focus on what they did best. And they always looked out for each other. And I would tell you, Davion Mitchell, we had a kid, Adam Flagler, that was struggling, right? And uh, his confidence was starting to wane a little bit. And um, Davion knew it. And he came, he called me, actually text. He'd, he'd always send a text that says coach first, just the word coach. And then I'd say, what's up? And he'd say, I need to talk to you. And so I said, okay, he called me, he said, hey, Adam is struggling with his confidence. And he's like me. You don't have to yell at him. Just tell him what you need. But when when you you have to say it in a calm way, because when you raise your voice, I'm a pretty passionate coach, and it's not that I'm angry, but you know right. I say things loud. He said that that really affects him. Right. And so I was like, okay, thank you. And so the next day at practice, we're doing something, and I say his name really passionately, and Davion stopped and looked at me like I thought we had talked about this. And I was like, I got you, I got you, and like three or four days later, I was getting on Adam about something. And, and he says, coach, I thought we talked about it. I said, no, you got to let me coach him on defense. And Adam was like, no, coach is right. The coach is right, Davion. I'm right. But this is the, this, they look out for each other. Yeah. He would come, he would in timeouts, he would come to the bench and he'd tell coach Drew walking in, hey, we need to run something for Jared. We need to run something for this person. We need to, I mean, he was never thinking about himself and that's how they all were. They all were thinking about the other person, and it was just—it it was just fun to be around. Man, they—they were—they were a joy to be around off the court. 
Now they were incredible to coach on the court, but right. they were just a joy to be around off the court. I, um, that, that was an amazing story. And I, I'm really happy that, um, that I heard it. I, I'm one, one last question real quick, just cause I'm, I'm thinking in my head as we're talking, what's the one thing that's changed, um, about your life since you guys won the national title that maybe you didn't see coming or, or, um, or didn't, you didn't expect. Mm. I think the people around me have changed. Okay. Like I, my life, man, I, I didn't win, need to win a national championship to have a complete life. And I, you know, I, I love Jesus. My life is saved. I have a beautiful wife and, and great kids. We've been married for 23 years. And, you know, I, I mean, the national championship just gave a platform that now I could be on a call with Jeffrey Campbell. You know, I mean, <laughs> if we didn't win, I'm not on here with you, right? Well, but, yeah, maybe. It, I, I, I was you know, looking out for some coaches last, <laughs> last year, too. Um, but I figured, I figured you know, you're not, you're not asking me these things. And so uh, that I think the people around, for some reason, view us a little different. But we were, I, like I tell our recruits, and I, we were always great. We always had greatness. We had a great program with a great culture, with great young men. Uh, we just happened to win the national championship this year. And so now it made us relevant to yeah. a lot of people. And so that, that's what's probably changed more than anything. That's awesome. Um, well, listen, Coach, I, I, I genuinely appreciate your time um, and, and the stories tonight. A really, really pleasure uh, meeting and speaking with you. Uh, the best of luck to uh, the Baylor Bears basketball program, to you guys in the future. I cannot wait to see where Davion and Jared go. We are all going to be watching uh, very intently. Hopefully my New York Knicks pick up one. Um, I don't think we have a chance at both, but we'll see. Um, very much appreciative of your time tonight. Well, thank you for having me. And uh, I'm a Knicks fan because of Julius Randle. He's a yeah. Texas kid. Even, right. though he broke, even though he broke our heart and went to Kentucky, uh, we recruited him really hard, and he has a wonderful mom and very proud of him. Absolutely. Uh, thank you again, and to everybody listening, uh, thank you guys so much. We hope everybody is staying safe, and we will talk to you soon. Bye.